Does your ass smell? Do you want to feel fresh and clean all day long? Of course you do. That's why you need soap. Soap is specifically formulated to gently clean, leaving you feeling refreshed and confident. Washing your ass with soap provides more than just a clean feeling and helps to maintain good hygiene and can even reduce the risk of skin irritation and infection. Soap, the simple solution for a clean and refreshed ass. Try it today and feel the difference. Soap, available wherever they sell soap. If, if we could get our podcast on the Pornhub, we triple our listeners. <laughs> it's doable. We just need to um, be prepared to uh, show a little skin. <laughs> yeah, Kevin, we show a little skin every night to each other. And unfortunately, well, too, too I've much got skin. my joystick out and I'm ready to toggle it, so let's get into it. <laughs> oh, God. I'll use small words so that you'll be sure to understand, you warthog-faced buffoon. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. What did you say? You are a sad, strange little man. Don't call me stupid. Hello, and welcome to The Best Bits, a movie podcast where we pick our favorite scenes from randomly selected, weirdly specific themes. This is your co-host, Will, a writer of three films plus a Christmas special. And I'm joined once again by my co-host and writer of one and a bit films and three and a bit episodes of TV, Kevin. Hello, Kevin. Hadouken! <laughs> I see you brought out the old SNES all the past week, Kevin. And therein lies all of my references that I can make for this episode. Hello, Will. How are you? Great. I'm great, specifically because I had to spend the last week preparing for this topic, which is best video game scene. Well, I'll tell you this much, Will. We usually focus on the good films and we highlight the ones we like. So this will be a brisk 10 minute episode. (laughs) Yes. Before we get into talking about the actual films that we watched or that we've uh, maybe suffered through, I suppose is another way of putting it, this past week, I want to hear about your history with video games. What your relationship is with that entertainment format? Because I don't really know what your video gaming habits are. I didn't have video games growing up. Okay. My cousin had a SNES and I played Street Fighter 2 with him a lot. And one time my cousin as well robbed the coffee jar that was filled with money from above the counter of the kitchen of his house and the two of us went down to Leisureplex when we were seven and eight and we spent £30 on Rampage playing the arcade game until we got home and got leathered (laughs) and well I was working at Extravision and I was able to get a PS2 yeah and I remember playing Grand Theft Auto games loving those Mm-hmm. driving around like a lunatic just getting all the cops to chase me smashing into things and I played one of the Lara Croft games which was based in Paris 2003 this was I was enjoying it and I was probably about I don't know two levels into the game and there was a graveyard and a mausoleum and I fell down between the railings and the mausoleum yeah. and for about seven days I couldn't get out of it and I tried everything <laughs> and I decided fuck this this is not enjoyable <laughs> I put the PS2 aside, used it to play DVDs, and I've never played any games since. 
I just I find video games stressful. I don't get the appeal of them being relaxing at all. So oh, wow. that's oh. the extent of my history. <laughs> I love, of I'm just I'm just imagining poor Lara Croft still stuck down the side of this grave. Or <laughs> where, <laughs> she's. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, how the fuck? How the fuck are you supposed to get out of here? Jump, climb, jump, 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 jump. <laughs> and you couldn't reload it. You couldn't just do a factory reset. No, or anything it went like that. right back to that spot every time. I was practically stuck there, and oh, Kevin. I was looking up on in- on the internet. How do I get out of here? I couldn't even articulate mm. what it was. It was like I'm stuck between a mausoleum and a railing in the level in the graveyard, and I can't get out of it, and I can't reboot the game. Oh my! It was just. <laughs> It was so frustrating. That end, so it ended there for you with uh, leaving Lara Croft abandoned. Well, I pretty much almost took the disc out of the machine and snapped it. I spent seven days. I would try for an hour, and I'm talking a full hour of yeah. like trying to climb out of that hole over and over and over and over and over again. And I would get frustrated. I put it away, and I come back the next day and think something might change. Stuck again. After spending whatever it was, 250 quid on it, I just wanted to smash the thing. So, Kevin, I think that was a blessing from the gods because I think, and this is no, this doesn't mean to be, I, I don't mean to offend you when I say this, I don't think you have the right personality type to be a gamer. As in, you, you, it would, it would bring out the worst in you. That's what I'm just, what, what, what you're just describing to me there of you getting so angry at it and wanting to smash it. I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine some of them. Well, I oh, don't man. get road rage, so okay. I don't. Un- I don't think. Look, the game was was taking the piss, <laughs> so I'm about to get annoyed with a game when it's deliberately oh, fucking man. me over. Although one time I was playing, was it the the Super Mario cartridge where all four of the Super Mario games were on one, mm-hmm. and there was one where Mario could grow a beaver's tail. Oh yeah, you could. You could Super Mario All-Stars I think that's the game you're thinking of or the character yeah mm-hmm. and I couldn't die in that game there was a glitch in it so yeah it was impossible for me to die so I had like about 400 lives oh, so wow. I would just clear the whole game and I would just keep like putting on the beaver character and just flying all over the place wow so I've wow. had I've had good experiences I've had bad experiences Man. when it comes to the movies I've only had bad experiences so let's you know <laughs> let's change it I want to give talk you about so- it my own experience with video games a little bit, like so that our listeners have a bit of a context. I am, I suppose I can qualify myself as being a gamer. I started off, I was lucky enough to have older brothers or one specific older brother who bought a computer, an Amstrad 464 back in the late 80s, which was kind of an equivalent to a Commodore where you used to put in cassette tapes. The games used to come on cassette tapes and you'd have to load them for 15 minutes. And maybe they would load or maybe they wouldn't load to actually play an incredibly bad version of Ghostbusters 2 and or uh, or Batman or uh, Robocop or something like that or Predator. So there was all these right. video bad, really like, crappy. Like side scrollers. Yeah, some side scroll, mostly side scrollers. Yeah. There you go. I used the term. Good man. You are a gamer. Thank you. You are technically a I gamer. I am. You can employ I know that. my shit. So I spent I, 30 quid on Rampage. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I think I've, I, I was immersed in games. I loved games from when I was little, when I first got to an arcade in Ballybunion and uh, got into that Star Wars cabinet. And I, <clears throat> I 
was fucking hooked back then. The idea that I could pilot an X-Wing, even though it was these just isometric wireframe objects, I was piloting an X-Wing down the, 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 the trench of the Death Star. And that was, I think, a pivotal moment for me. And from then on, I was, I think, hooked on games. I love games to this day. I, I've owned a console of every generation. So, um, yeah, I played them all, man. So I played all the big games. So a lot of these films that have been adapted, I've played the original games. More, and not all of them, but a fair amount of them. Mm. So we're yin and yang on this. Yeah. I'm coming at this purely from, I'm judging the films without having any experience of the video games, the source material at all. Mm-hmm. And you have more of an insight into that than I do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't play games, but I wrote a movie that became a game. Oh my God. Did you know... Did you know that Grabbers was a mobile app game? I didn't know this, Kevin. Wow. Is it, uh, what was it? What was the point of the game? What was the objective? To kill the The Grabbers. The point of the game was to to celebrate the film and to have fun, (laughs) you know, with the characters from the film. (laughs) But what was the game? What were you doing? You were just going around the pub smacking shit out of little Grabblings and you could play as Lisa O'Shea or Smith, Russell Tovey's character. Yeah, it was a free mobile app game. Oh, cool. And I don't think it's been updated since. So it it, it doesn't, no, it no longer plays. But yeah, it was it was fun. It was a novelty. It was like I was playing it and going, wow, this is so immersive. This is like, um, really, I was dreaming about it, you know? That was, <laughs> was like, you just couldn't wait, to, you couldn't wait to wake up in the morning and just load up that app again and get yourself back yep. in the pub, smapping, snapping grabblings. Yeah, I didn't make a penny off it. So anyway. Um, <laughs> Why I enjoy video games is that it's not about, I don't go to a video game for its plot. I don't go to a video game for the characters. I generally I go to a video game because of the mechanics, what I actually do, I'm act, what I actively do in the game. Mario was a class video game because it was tough as shit. And you made this little Mario bounce Not if you the had screen. the one that I had. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you had the, uh, what's the word? You had the patched one, the glitched cheat yeah, one. Glitched. patched one. But I try, and play, I try and play Mario now. Like I didn't grow up, we didn't have a SNES. So I didn't play Mario. I always dreamed of playing Mario. never got the chance. But my wife grew up with Mario, with a SNES. And you can still play these old Mario games now on like a, my kid's Switch, like, you know. And my God, when she picks it up, she, it's like, she's like a savant playing it. Like, she's like, like the playing kid the in, piano. Yeah, she's like the kid in the wizard. You know, she can just go blah, 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 blah. And like, you know, you know, all of a sudden she's number 10 in the world. Like, you know, I just don't have that muscle memory to be able to pull that off. Like, you know. And so, yeah, th- there's, it's a game. It's not a, it's not a, you're not playing a narrative. You're playing a game, which has got rules. It has obstacles. It has bosses to beat and levels to conquer. It's all about being engaged with that experience and being engaged with the aesthetic of that world as well. It's not really about the plot and the character because they're pretty two dimensional, especially those side scrollers. We're all literally two dimensional. But haven't they started to introduce more and more elaborate cutscenes? 
Oh, it's gone beyond that, man. We'll we'll get to that. We'll we'll we'll. I used we'll another term. You did. You fucking did. did. Really, really. It's actually gotten cutscenes. You know, they've moved beyond cutscenes, where it's actually like interactive moments in the game, and you know, it's incredible what they're doing now. What was the first adaptation of a video game to a movie? The first one that I know of that I found was an adaptation of of Super Mario. It was a Japanese animated movie, and it was uh, oh, in, like, okay. from 1986 or something like that. Now, I might be oh. wrong, but that's the first one that I came across. The first uh, US one. And what I'm going to primarily do in this episode is focus on the adaptations that came out in the US, because there are too many animated adaptations of Pokemon games alone. Oh God, fucking hell. There's like 23 of them. Yeah. There's a shit I looked ton it up. One of our Patreon backers, John O'Callaghan, recommended to me to watch the first Pokemon movie. And when I Googled Pokemon movie, up came 23 other titles. Mm, and yeah. I thought, I'm so excited to watch all of them. And so <laughs> I... <laughs> and so... <laughs> I didn't watch any of them. Um, I did watch, I did watch one adaptation of a Pokemon movie, but I'll talk about that later on. Right. But what I did watch, which is an animated film, was the Street Fighter Two animated uh, Japanese vo- film, which came out the same year as the John Claude Van Damme Kali Minogue version wow. with Raul Julia. How did you do? I won. Came out in 1994. It was bloody. It was one of those hilariously dubbed films where you had like Ryu saying, I'm going to punch your ass, Bison. And Bison (laughs) saying, I don't give a shit. And just finding that hilarious. Uh, Yeah. But... It was something that was specific, I think, to the Japanese culture. It felt like, yeah, I, I would sooner have played the game than watched that. Although I did enjoy the original live action film, even though it's terrible. Okay. It's terrible. Game over! Let's go. I'm going to kick Bison's ass. I don't think so. You'll have to do better than that. Okay. Now, who wants to go home and who wants to go with me? There was something quite nostalgic about watching a really bad, expensive video game movie where none of the characters resemble the the video game avatars. And yeah, it just felt like, God, this takes me back. It's a weird thing when you get older, you become nostalgic for the things you didn't even like at the time, (laughs) but they take you back to that time and you feel like, oh God, Barbie Girl by Aqua. I detested that song, but now it takes me right back to... 
walking up Grand Abraha in the rain, got up to my nan's house and yeah. uh, school bag, weigh me down and got homework to do. And it's a strange thing. Anyway, I enjoyed revisiting that film, even though I didn't enjoy the film, if that makes yeah. sense. I, I totally, because I watched Street Fighter for the very first time for this episode. I, ne- I never oh, really? saw it. I, I knew it was that bad. It had such a bad reputation and I had so such little interest in watching it that I just never even bothered to watch it in the 90s when it, when it came out. And, yeah. and it was... It, a, it felt like uh, it was taking more of its cues from the Power Rangers than it was video a, game. It, this was a curious thing. I was thinking about it though, right? Because Street Fighter, basically, it's a, it's a beat-em-up. Where you, if I'm sure everyone knows what Street Fighter is, it's a basic beat 'em up, right? And the obvious adaptation of that game would be a Bloodsport type movie or a Kickboxer, where Bloodsport was basically Street Fighter, the movie, right? But Street Fighter doesn't do the tournament thing. It it becomes this Street Fighter is this hybrid of a James Bond action romp <laughs> cartoon romp. And it's it avoids the actual fighting a huge amount. It's really, really odd. I think I mentioned on the fight scenes episode where we went 12 rounds that mm. Enter the Dragon was later adapted by the makers of Street Fighter as that being a really good source material for that video game. So wow, yeah. it's a video game that has taken its cues from that film, which took its cues from Miss Bond or what have you. So... Yeah, and there's an interesting history to that. But th- did you know that the original Street Fighter was directed by Stephen E. D'Souza, who wrote Die Hard? I did know that. Absolutely. I, it was, I listened to him, a couple of interviews with him, uh, talking about the experience. And uh, he sounded like a character. <laughs> he, he really wanted to do... Oh, I think he wrote the original... When he was pitching it, I think he wrote the original... He said screenplay, but I think it was sounded like a treatment, like Overnight. And and gave that to um, the company. I can't remember the games company that were the Japanese Capcom. were over Capcom. There you go, and wrote it overnight, sent it to them, and that was the movie they shot. And it was just it's fucking nuts. Most of the budget went to Jean Claude Van Damme's uh, salary and his hair. And his, they shot it in Australia, so hence the Kylie Minogue casting. But the they also had a big. Are you casting. sure about that? I thought they shot an awful lot of it in. Or Malaysia, Thailand, well. I believe. They did Malaysia, maybe it. Malaysia. Yeah, they shot. They shot some of it. Certainly, did shoot some of it in Australia as well. Definitely. Right. And but that film could be drastically improved if they just give. Well, first of all, God is an, is an odd choice for the protagonist of that film, but if they just gave Jean Claude Van Damme one of those huge big quiffs, that would have <laughs> drastically improved that film. <laughs> yeah, it would. It should add it. But poor Brushhead. It was, was <laughs> Raul Julia's like. Like he was very, very ill with cancer at the time. So it was his last film. And what they mm. were, the plan was, was that they were supposed to shoot all of the, um, they were supposed to shoot, or they were supposed to like, you know, shoot all of Raul Julia's stuff first and uh, and rehearse for all the fight stuff. But the problem was when Raul Julia showed up on set, he, he was, was so sick, so yeah. sick. And so they had to flip it around. So they had to basically had to shoot all the action scenes and fight stuff with no rehearsals. First of all, that's why the fight stuff looks awful and try and build him up for the, for his scenes near the end. So it was, yeah, they were, they were, they were doing the fight scenes with no rehearsal whatsoever. It was just like, okay, duck, punch, uh, pull this person back on wires and action. Yeah. That was it. 
it's a sad, sad, it's a sad, sad story. It really is. What we had was, as you just pointed out, we in those games and a lot of those games in the eighties and nineties were cheap photocopies of popular movie characters. Like, you know, oh, right, you, yeah. as you were just saying about the Enter the Dragon thing, we also have like Lara Croft as Tomb Raider and she's kind of like a a, a female Indiana Jones with boobs, you know, and that's, they're, they're, they're pinching from that. They're pinched from Rambo in various different ways. So to see them like retranslated back onto the big screen, it's just, it's, it's very, very odd. What was it's, Rambo inspiring? Paperboy? God. <laughs> Super Mario. Sonic. <laughs> I think like games like Contra and there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of like action you know muscly action movie hero shooters out there as well. Gotcha. Staying in staying in that era of the nineties, right? Did you ever watch the other action beat 'em up adaptation, Mortal Kombat? Mortal Kombat. of us there burns the fury of a warrior in every generation a few are chosen to prove it one of you three will decide the outcome of the tournament three strangers will travel to the mystical realm of outworld to defend our people against shang song you will and his forces of darkness. In an ancient tournament, one more victory. Your soul is mine. And our world no! is theirs. It has begun. I can't even do that. I can't even remember the song, but it was something Combat. like that. Oh, it is the most 90s techno soundtrack you could imagine. And Combat with a K. Did you watch the movie? And did you play the game? I did. No, I didn't play the game. What was the game? The game was probably on the Sega, was it or something? I was a Sega game, yeah. Sega, yeah. See, Sega was a cool, edgy console. SNES was the cute, cuddly one. And Sega was like, you know, cool and tough. It had Sonic with attitude. Never played the game. Saw it a lot in arcades. It looked way too difficult for me to play. I would just be burning money. And the film, I didn't have any nostalgia for the film. So mm-hmm. I watched the film for this recording. And the effects are so bad. It was a better version of Street Fighter than the Street Fighter film was. Now, yeah. I, I'm like you. I avoided this as well, just like I avoided Street Fighter. I, I should have been like the perfect... But it had your hero in it, Christopher Lambert. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was amazing. Uh, he was amazing as a a cheap Gandalf, you know, in sandals. Yeah. He was, he was white-haired and a white robe. Squinty Gandalf. Squinty Gandalf. It was awful. He had blue eyes, one blue east and the other blue west. Um, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and you tell me to cop on. <laughs> okay. Um, but you know what? The thing about it is I, I watched it and this film does the tournament 
aspect or the tournament adaptation, yeah. right? It at least tries to uh, accurately recreate the characters on the big screen. Give them their moves. So there's one thing that impressed me about the, the film was there was uh, the character of Goro, right? So there's this one oh, character, the, 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 this yeah, four-armed double-armed. kind of like, yeah, beast thing. And when I watched it last week, because the film is littered with really atrocious early CG effects, like really bad. And when they yeah. when Goro was introduced on, on screen, I literally went, how are they doing that? Like I was so impressed because I've seen so many so many bad effects up to that point. It was all done with an animatronic, like this really impressive like animatronic with a puppeteered face and all that sort of stuff. But it was an effective, effective, really effective visual effect. Yeah. When you see a visual effect like that, where a character is real in the space, then, you know, it makes you realize how... You forgive how, it, it's rubbery, textury. Oh, yeah, skin, you know? absolutely. It doesn't matter. It's there. That was, so that was directed by Paul W.S. Anderson before he, was the, he had the W.S. And I think it's not, it's not great, but I think there's, there's ambition there. He is to video game adaptations what Roland Emmerich is to disaster movies. Yes, yes. He has made yes. so many He's been basically he making video game adaptations for over 20 years. And more. Like, oh yeah, probably. That was 95. So yeah, we're, t- we're, we're going on 25 years, 27 years. years. 27 years now. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, and his name will come up again and again with all the various films if we go through all the different bloody films. But hopefully we won't. But yeah, I think Mortal Kombat, the original one, was actually a cute artifact from the time. It's so 90s. Mortal Kombat! I can't do the music. It's just like, and it's just like, that's that techno music. As That does more to me. That brings me back to that 90s more than Street Fighter movie does. I, I can feel my guys, I can imagine guys walking around wearing Joe Bloggs jeans. and uh, Oh my tweet. God. <laughs> Kevin has just died of embarrassment. Oh, sense memory. <laughs> Turned up Joe Bloggs jeans. Oh, I never Ugh. had a pair. I never had a pair. Never wanted them. I had never a pair of them. them. Yeah. Did you? Ugh. Oh, they're awful. Awful, Ugh. awful stuff. Horrible. Awful stuff. I watched Super Mario for the first time this week. And, and it's a wonderful adaptation of the video game. It's so accurate. <laughs> it is. It captures in, the tone. <laughs> you're in a sewer city. What was it about the 90s uh, big IP adaptations like that where they were so grubby and dirty and, and, and filthy looking like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie as well. Yeah. It's like, why do they translate them and make them that just skeevy? Like, ugh. Yeah. Sl- slime monsters and, and shit pipes and what? Bizarre. I, uh, drug heads... Uh, you know, criminals. It was, it was an awful time. You know, it was gelled just hair. Awful. awful. There was nothing about they. They. They literally. It was more like, as I said, it was as if Terry Gilliam had been given the opportunity to adapt Super Mario, and not and 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 having never ever seen a Mario game. Or uh, you know, or, or or any reference material whatsoever. They just went Terry Gilliam. Two plumbers get sucked through a pipe and off you go. And they don't do any plumbing. It's not one that I'm going to recommend. No way. 
Oh, fuck it, no. Again, so we've kind of had all misses, you know, so far in the 90s. And all these movies, they weren't exactly huge box office hits either, you know. It wasn't until a little film in 2001 uh, that we actually have our first proper box office hit video game adaptation. And it was... Animatrix. Oh. <laughs> it was Tomb Raider, of course. The one starring Angelina Jolie. Born into wealth. The future is yours now, Lara. The all-seeing eye. Groomed by the elite. Have you ever heard of the Clock of Ages? It gives its possessor power of the people of the light. And trained, trained for combat. We can be partners. You might try to kill me. I'm not going to kill you. I said you'd try. Did you see Tomb Raider and its sequel, Tomb Raider and the Cradle of Life? Did you see them when they first came out or have you ever watched them? No. You've never watched them, ever? No. They were shit. Those films were shit. But the thing is, Kevin, they made money. And so it paved the way for the era of the 90s in which we got a fucking shit ton of video game adaptations. Do you want me to rattle them off to you? I'll rattle them off Do. and see if anyone rattle tweaks you. Okay, so here we go. So Final Fantasy 2001, Tomb Raider, Resident S- Evil, seen Tomb it. Raider 2, seen it. House of the Dead, Resident seen Evil it. 2, whatever it was called, Blood seen Rain. It. Doom, didn't see Alone it. in the Dark, didn't DOA, see didn't see it. Silent Hill, didn't see it. Hitman, seen it. Blood Rain, seen it. Postal, didn't see it. In the Name of seen the King, it. Max Payne, Far Cry, Alone seen in the Dark it. 2, didn't see it. Street didn't Fighter, see it. The Legend of Chun-Li. Like, seen we it. had a shit ton of Silent Hill is not bad, actually. I, I kind of it. liked the Silent Hill. I one. meant to watch, I've played the game and I meant to watch it, but everyone said it was so scary, I kind of went, eh. Yeah, the film is very intense and it's very evocative. I liked the the aesthetic of the film, which I know is taken directly from the game. I remember being, I didn't rewatch it for this, but I did see it, I think you went in 2006. Yeah. There was right, a few character turns that I bristled with, but the film itself I thought was good. I thought it was the best video game adaptation up until that time. So I want to mention that one because I think that that's, that, surely has got to be in the top tier I think Shen! Shen! Somebody going on here. This place is completely cut off. Only the dark one opens and closes the door to Silent Hill. Hey! Where is she? I'm trying to find my wife. She looks exactly like Shane. Why? Rose, come on! Rose, hurry! It's coming! The only ones that I really liked were two films, and one of them is not even a video game movie. It's a movie about video games. Mm -hmm. And I saw King of Kong, the documentary. Uh, 
yeah. about hobbyist gamers who are going for the world record. And I thought it was brilliant. Well, Donkey Kong, without question, is the hardest game. That's a tough machine. People think that the machine is possessed. The average Donkey Kong game doesn't last a minute. It's absolute brutality. The mysterious player from the West Coast, Steve Weeb, is here. He could beat it if he... He'd have to have a really good game. You want to put a score up, you're competing against everybody in the world. It's not even about Donkey Kong anymore. He's a very devious person. He works things out to his ends very well. Oh, Billy Mitchell always has a plan. Headquarters gonna help you. Well, maybe they'd like it if I lose. I gotta try losing sometime. No matter what I say, it draws controversy. It's sort of like the abortion issue. You you recommended it to me, and I had heard of it, and I didn't know what to expect. Yeah, and I got completely swept up in it, and. I think of all the, the protagonists in all these movies, the most compelling one of all was Steve Wiebe. Yeah. And this, this good natured father of two who was slightly on the spectrum, at least his wife thinks that he was, or his mom thinks that he was, who had this compulsion to play Donkey Kong, one of the most difficult games to play, 22 levels to get to a kill screen and get the world record. And, this guy had fallen short of everything in his life, all these goals he set for himself. And he felt that he wasn't really, he, he wasn't the best at anything and he wanted to be the best at something. And you just saw this, this very decent, wholesome guy try really hard for a symbolic prize, which was, I don't know, to feel like that he mattered in some way, mm-hmm. which was a very odd yearning within him. Because he had a supportive wife, he had two great kids, he was liked by his students, and he enters into this competitive arena against sort of a cabal. And he, so he's playing with Billy Mitchell, who is the yeah. champion for several of these these incredibly difficult arcade games, including questionably holds questionably yes, questionably yeah. holds up. But why he's a darling is because he's a great spokesperson. He's incredibly charismatic in his own way, like an ambassador for these old arcade video games. And everyone adores him. Absolutely everyone. He's got, he's got his own like set of minions, you know, that's kind of do his bidding and look up to him as if he was some incredible deity. And it's, it's, a, it's an incredible story of David versus Goliath. And yeah. It's an outsider who, who is... Uh, you know, the the thing about Steve... Uh, God, uh, I was rooting for Steve Weeby so much. You really I just were. really wanted him to win. Do you know what my favourite scene in that film, and this was actually almost going to be my best pick of this topic, for this topic, was the scene in which he beats... The, this is not just like halfway through the film. He record He's recording himself on a video camera when he sits down to play these games that could take... I know what you're going to say. ...can take up to three or four hours to set a record. Yeah. He finally passes a record that um, um, 
He's from Billy Mitchell's record, which hasn't been beaten since 1982. He's there in his garage doing it and he's fucking beating the record. And he's obviously there alone with his toddler child. And all of a sudden you can hear the toddler screaming. Um, for years and years, it was believed that the Billy's record of 874,000 in 1982 was really the highest score anyone would ever get. And in fact, some of us have played this game every day or every week or every month since then. And no one's gotten close to that. No one across that big length of time will ever be able to beat his world record. Derek, look. You're on TV. See yourself? Say hi. No. I was having a game in my life. I was, I think I got 600,000, uh, and I hadn't died yet. And when I start hearing some noises coming down the stairs, screaming. Daddy! I don't believe this is happening. Wipe your bottom? Yeah. I will in a second, bud. What? Okay, bring me some toilet paper, buddy. Derek, I got I'm gonna get the world record, Derek. Derek, I'm gonna get the world don't record. Play, don't play. Derek. No. Derek! Stop you stop it! it. It's all on tape, and I had that's the tape I had to send into the Twin Galaxies. And I know that agony. You're in the middle of something as a parent. It sounds like it's child abuse, but it's fucking not. It's like that moment where they probably just peed. They'll be fine. Just give me five more minutes, please. And he yeah. fucking beats the record, despite having this interruption with the kid. It's incredible. It's one of those moments of pure triumph. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it too much. But yeah. it is really enjoyable. It's uh, look, I've watched maybe twenty five films for this. I've probably watched another thirty odd over the years. This is one of two that I want to recommend, and it's a great documentary on these very OCD type characters who are obsessively compulsively playing old arcade games, and they each have their own disciplines and strengths. And this guy has made it his life's mission to be good at one thing. And if he can do it, then it feels like it's going to unburden him from so much disappointment or 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 just sort of um, self-flagellation that he's brought upon himself that he doesn't yeah. need to do. You just feel like you're rooting for him because he's, he just feels like he's that close to being the best in the world at one thing. And if he can do that, how cool would that be? Yeah, man. And I, I'm rooting for him to do it. It's a great great film and uh, I can't I can't recommend it highly enough I really can't so that's the one which is about gaming but the one that is an adaptation of a game and I didn't know this was a game until I started asking around Mm. Uh, the one that I thought I really enjoyed this I thought this is a fun movie and it surprised the shit out of me because I there was nothing about it when it originally came out that drew me in but I watched it for this episode and I discovered that I really liked it. And it was Detective Pikachu. Oh, very good. I watched it too. Yeah, fantastic. So there I was. I woke up with a heavy case of amnesia in the middle of nowhere. The only clue to my past is Harry's name and address inside this hat. So I made my way to the apartment and that's when I found you and your stapler gun. Stop talking! 
talking. You're a hallucination. You're a hallucination. So you're a talking Pikachu with no memories who's addicted to caffeine. I could stop whenever I want. These are just choices. Another round, extra shot. Black as night. Thank you, sweetie. I don't know. Maybe Harry got in too deep. Mixed up with the wrong crowd, that kind of thing. Look, you can talk to humans. I can talk to Pokemon. And if you want to find your pops, we're going to need each other. No, I don't need a Pokemon. What about a world-class detective? Harry is still alive. Case closed, but still open until I solve it. All right, here it is. Harry faked his own death. Or somebody else faked Harry's death. Or Harry faked somebody else's death. That last one doesn't work no. at all. I more, still Kevin. don't have a fucking clue what the Pokemon are about. I don't understand why there are so many different types of Pokemon. Some of them are like marionettes. Some of them are like little dragons. Some of them are little furry lightning bolt Furbies. Yeah. I don't know what species they are. I don't know what the mission is. But the film was really charming. It was beautifully shot. And gave me several moments where I properly guffawed because the yeah. film felt slightly demented. Yeah. It sort of reminded me a little bit of like the 90s movies, the bad 90s movies, but done with so much gloss. Mm-hmm. And in a sort of a, a Roger Rabbit style. Yeah. So if I had watched Roger Rabbit with having no exposure to any of the animated characters, I was just like watching them going like, What's what's a Daffy Duck or what's a, a Wiley Coyote or what's a what's a Betty Boop? That was how I went into Detective Pikachu, where mm-hmm. the, the moment where I thought, okay, I like this film, was when the lead guy Justice Smith is sort of an orphan, classic archetypal orphan. He's investigating the disappearance or, as he thinks, the murder of his father, and he gets teamed up with Pikachu. You know, a little. Squeaky Pikachu, mm-hmm. Pika Pika. Yeah. Who's voiced by Ryan Reynolds, who is surprisingly really funny in the role. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Go on. I thought he might be phoning it in. I thought, you know, I'm getting really bored of, of Ryan Reynolds doing this slight shtick thing. I really didn't like Free Guy. I've got to throw that in there because I watched that as well when it came mm-hmm. out. But this one I really did like. And the moment where I felt like I'm on board with this movie is Pikachu who only Justice Smith can understand. They can verbally communicate the way that like Chewie and Han can, but we could Mm -hmm. actually hear what Chewie is saying if Chewie had like a Ryan Reynolds voice. They go to a bar and they ask for a drink. (laughs) And one of the the, the Pokemon is like a barman. (laughs) And then Justice goes, I'll have another. And the Pokemon goes, ah! And that's all he does. That's all he does. He's just scream uh. this sort of like terrified angry scream and I thought what the fuck is that and I guffawed I thought this film is bonkers okay so you're a talking Pikachu with no memories who's addicted to caffeine I could stop whenever I want these are just choices another round extra shot black as night thank you sweetie I'm sure there's people that are like so into Pokemon watching it and going like oh my god there's Snuffleupagus or whatever but yeah. for me it was like 
the barman just screamed at the top of his lungs when they asked him for a little beer and he's a little furry creature thing and I just thought it was hilarious. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it and I don't know whether it was always worn down by all the bad video game movies but I thought that one was really charming and fun and beautiful, beautifully shot. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It had this lovely neon vibe to it. I loved the animation. I loved how the world felt incredibly rich and detailed. I think it's such a funny, a genuinely funny film. And you want to know what my favorite scene from that film was, is when they're trying to track down a, they're trying to track down a lead and figure out what happened. And they encounter a Pokemon who is just a mime artist. And so they interrogate the Pokemon. <laughs> but what are these species? I don't know what the, what I don't know what type of Pokemon was. I don't. My, ask, I'll have to ask my son because he's into Pokemon. And they they take him into a warehouse and they do good cop bad cop. But <laughs> but they mine. And this is just the Smith is doing all the miming here. So an awful lot of the success of the scene, the scene is on his shoulders and the animator's shoulders. And he mines going into this little room that this guy this this it's demented room. And he he unscrews a can of petrol and pours it over, <laughs> over and the, sets him on fire <laughs> accidentally sets him on fire it's very 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 funny and that's physical it really comedy is. Oh, it's it really a... is pipe yes okay i can shoving pushing my problem is that i push people away and then hate them for leaving he's saying you can shove it what i can shove it okay that's it no we're switching roles i'm bad cop you're good cop no, we're not cops. Oh! oh god that's a very hard wall oh yeah 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 mr mime has the ability to make invisible walls ah uh, yes i know i happen to be a pokemon too remember look harry figured this guy out somehow i think the trick is getting inside his head i have an idea what are you doing Oh, what's oh. this? Oh, there's a door there. I, I didn't probably because it's invisible. Huh? Yeah. In the airspace now, right? You don't like this so much, do you? What are you doing? That's a joke. Okay, no, you're pouring. No. Salt. It's a salt shaker. You're cooking. No. Real cooking is about following your heart, not a recipe. What are you talking about? Gas. You're pouring gasoline on Oh, 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 that went dark fast. I like this. I like this very much. I think, no, I'm not really going to get into too much detail about the current crop of big video game movies like that have come out in the current era because I do think Detective Pikachu has come out. We had films like Assassin's Creed, more risen Sonic. A Sonic movie, of course. That was all right because I enjoyed Jim Carrey in it. Uh, Warcraft, Duncan Joe's film, which I, you know, have all the best intentions. It didn't really work. We had an Angry Birds adaptation, a Ratchet and Clank adaptation, Rampage, which The Rock. Yeah, terrible. The arcade game was better. We had another go as 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 your as you could attest to after spending all of that money there. That's a lovely story. We had another reboot of the Tomb Raider franchise with Alisa Vikander in the role, which actually is okay. You know the thing about. Do you know who that was directed by? Go on. It, it was directed by the Norwegian guy that did the Wave. <gasps> really? Wow. Yeah. From disaster wow. movie scenes. Yeah. Wow. Watch the Wave instead. What's happened? with the current crop of video game adaptations is that they're adapting games that have come out in the last 10 or 15 years, right? And what's happened in video games that have come out in that period of time is that they have become amazing. And as a result, we have an inversion of what happened in back in the back in the noughties and the, the, the 90s where we used to have games that were photocopies bad kind of watery photocopies uh, of movies right where we had literal bad adaptations of 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 movies right in video game form and now what's happening is that we're getting 
bad movie adaptations of amazing cinematic gaming experiences. And it's a really big hurdle for any video game adaptation right now to be successful because um, the, 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 the original experience are just, uh, are just so immersive and so amazing and so special. Um, yeah, it's hard to compete unless you do something totally different and radical, which I think is why Detective Pikachu is successful because you don't know what's going on. It's, tr- it's throwing you into this world and give us, giving us new characters and uh, it's flipping, it's doing a twist on the game mechanics, on, on the game experience. So it's making it cinematic rather than just photocopying the plot of one of the games and kind of changing it a little bit and putting it up on the screen with CG, fancier CG, maybe. That's it. One of the most popular forms of passive entertainment right now in the world, and it is making multi-millionaires out of thousands of people, are guys playing video games and millions and millions and millions of people just watching them playing video games which is almost the equivalent of going along and watching a movie version of these games what people prefer to stay home and watch PewDiePie or that Irish guy Jacksepticeye Jacksepticeye yeah Mm -hmm. playing video games and they are making they've got like 50 million in the bank account because people love watching them play video games because there's a there's a concept in the video game world called ludo narratives and it's where stories emerge within the playing of the game and so these guys are when they play their own video games or, or like you know or film themselves playing video games create their own ludo narratives using a kind of a procedurally created game like a minecraft or a, a shoot 'em up so every time they play the, they play the game they're bringing their own personality Onto the game. So movies you know can't I mean. compete with that. And I've seen it with my own children. My own children, when they get time on YouTube at the weekend, my son is watching people play video games. That is what he's doing. He's watching people play Minecraft, or he's watching people play, you know, other games, Legend of Zelda, and maybe learn from them, but like actually enjoys watching them, enjoys seeing the things they do enjoys listening to them enjoys their own kind of like oh my god I opened the door you know sometimes it can be really annoying but that's the thing it's very strange because it's a complete it's a complete generational thing where it's just Generation Z that are really into that yeah on the on the whole I would say because yeah I I can see how it how it happens because I've played games, I've played games uh, with my son. I played Minecraft with my son. Myself and my son have pl- have started this world, and we've been playing it for years. And and little, we go on little adventures in this world, and we've discovered mountains, and we have little emergent ludo narratives or stuff happens that it's kind of funny between us. Like we went on an adventure and something stupid happened and we died, and it's a story that. We still talk about stories come up from those games that we still can talk, fondly talk about. It's it's like a little shared experience, and so that's class. It is class, and so I think that's what the the, the medium of gaming offers to people is experiences, and uh, where video games is like it's more passive. Will I give you my pick? Please do. Yeah, go on. So I watched a load of movies. I didn't really feel anything towards any of them. I was debating whether I would go with the scene from Angry Birds where they tried to heist the base of the purple bird creature in the second one. 
<laughs> and they go into the men's room and they try to steal the keys. They're, they're in a sort of a, a costume. There's about yeah. six of the birds in, in the costume together. And the bird is is taking a piss and they're trying to steal, <laughs> steal oh, the keys. God. And one of the little, the little yellow birds is having to pretend to be the penis. <laughs> and he's spitting. Pretend to pee pee. And I thought, maybe that'll be my scene. And I thought, no, not really. And I thought, well, what is it about any of these games that has stuck with me? And the one that that I kept coming back to, and I thought, well, look, I've, I've given bullshit picks in the past. So yeah. why not just give another bullshit pick? <laughs> I thought one of the most evocative, compelling, and um, cinematic scenes that I can remember from any uh, tangential sort of adaptation of a game was the promotional scene that was used to sell the game uh, Dead Island. Oh, yeah, man. I actually know I saw it in the cinema. I saw it in mm-hmm. the cinema, this trailer. Yeah. It, 2012 I think it was and it it played backwards and I had this gorgeous bespoke music yeah. and you got to see a little girl in Miami who was a zombie rise up off the ground float back into the hotel window and see her and her dad fight to save her and save themselves as the scene played backwards and I thought that was an incredible scene I never played the game. I know that the game didn't really live up to that piece of marketing material. but um, And I know that they did recreations of it, live-action recreations. But of all material I could think of related to games, that is probably the most memorable and the most captivating. So I'm going to say that is my pick. A cutscene. I have a hot take that I want to share with you, right? Oh, and okay. I think I think we might be lining up on this because I think there's a certain genre of film that is actually a really good adaptation, a representation of video game mechanics or the experience of video game mechanics, but they're not adaptations of video games. The Matrix. Not The Matrix. No. <laughs> Time loop movies. Yeah they recreate the experience of playing a video game. You're thrown into a world. You don't know, you have to learn how to navigate this world. You die and you are taken back to the start and you have to re, you have to re-navigate that world and figure out how to do With better With the information the that you've picked up and yeah. learned through dying. So you actually, you, you learn through death. Yes. So, and what yes. is, what film in recent times has that basic idea as its central premise, Kevin? Uh, it is the episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, Cause and Effect. <laughs> yeah, it's a great episode. <laughs> it yeah. is. Core shutdown is unsuccessful. We are losing antimatter containment. 
We've got to eject the core! Ejection systems offline. Core breach is imminent. All hands abandon ship! Repeat! All hands abandon! Except, except that the hero moment in that episode should have gone to Beverly Crusher because she was the one that figured it out and yep. instead they gave the data. And I think that that is just fan service and maybe slightly sexism of the time where they decide to make the most popular character the hero at the very, very end of that episode when it mm-hmm. should have been Dr. Crusher's moment. Yeah. Anyway, it's got to be Live, Die, Repeat, Edge um, of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. Absolutely. What I am about to tell you sounds crazy. But you have to listen to me. Your very lives depend on it. This is not the end. You see, this isn't the first time. We've had this conversation. What day is it? Judgment Day. You just came in with the fresh recruits. Edge of Tomorrow is a fucking incredible ex- adaptation of a video game that never existed. That might be my favorite Tom Cruise movie of the 21st century, even more so yeah. than Minority Report and War of the Worlds. Edge of Tomorrow was such a blast. Tom Cruise playing a dislikable guy who has to learn through failure to save the world. And ultimately, through through repeating and learning and failing, he ends mm-hmm. up developing more powers and basically becoming a kind of a god in that world. He becomes yeah. super powered, super powered. And that's what you do when you play a video game over and over and over again. If you keep dying as Mario on that first level, you come back and you learn where the shells are. You, you learn the routine, you learn the patterns. And that's what Edge of Tomorrow is. That's what Groundhog Day is. Source code. Source code, yeah. You've written one of these movies as well, Kevin. No, and, um, rephrase that. I've written a script to a movie that didn't get made, but it was a very good script. Aww. It was it was called Emma's Dead, and I yeah. loved it so much. Anyway, Great script, great script. So that's my hot take, that time loop movies are my favourite adaptations of video games, but they're not, they're not adaptations of video games. They're adaptation of video game mechanics. Yes, Happy Death Day, that type of thing. Yes. Yeah, great. Yeah. I like that. That's that's a good hot cool. take. We always have one. That's a good one. It's better than the video game adaptations. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was that again? I'm a god. You're a god. I'm a god. I'm not the god. I don't think. I wanted to say a couple of the ones that I really like, the actual ones that were, were direct video game ad- adaptations. Werewolves Within is actually decent. It's based on a VR game. It's kind of decent because the whole concept of the VR game is that you and six other people are, or seven other people are wearing headsets and you know, you have to guess who the werewolf is amongst the four, the four or five of you and you're sitting in front yeah. of them and they're real players, they're real people you're having a discussion with. It's quite funny. And the movie is an, uh, is an adaptation of that concept. So it's basically like a horror movie and that's about it. Yeah, it's all right. I find it a bit tiresome, but it's all right. For my pick... I ended up, there was a bunch of games, a b- bunch of movies that were inspired by video games that I, I really have to highlight. Wreck-It Ralph is really cute. I think it's a lot. Oh, that of, is good. Yeah. And I love the opening scene of that where, what to do, this is my point, is that you have to, video games should do a spin 
on the game that they're adapting. So in the case of Wreck-It Ralph, it wasn't an actual game, but there's actual video game characters in it, like from Street Fighter and other old arcade stuff. And there's a great opening scene in that where Ralph is in a basically an AA meeting for video game bad guys, where there's um plus bison and there's uh, zombies and stuff like that and they're sitting around saying it's okay to be bad and ralph and it's like i love the kind of the core idea of that movie and i think that's a really cool scene fellow bad guys we've all felt what you're feeling and we've come to terms with it really right here i'm zangief i'm bad guy hi zangief i relate to you ralph when i hit bottom i was crushing men's skull like sparrow egg between my thighs. <laughs> and I think, why do you have to be so bad, Zangief? Why can't you be more like good guy? Then I have moment of clarity. If Zangief is good guy, who'll crush man's skull like sparrow's egg between thighs? And I say, Zangief, you are bad guy. But this does not mean you're bad guy. David Cronenberg did a very interesting movie based on video games, which was Existence. And I watched that oh, right, yeah, Jude Law. Not, uh, not, look, it's not totally successful, but there's some very interesting ideas in there. And I think it, <laughs> the one thing that it gets really wrong uh, about the future of, vid- of the video game industry is that video games were kind of going to be a cult-like entertainment experience where only a small group of people will get together in kind of like creepy uh, churches to demo the the latest hit game or potential hit game when an actual That's true to my reality. <laughs> I thought the Jumanji next level was actually a kind of a clever enough-ish take on mm. the honestly yeah. it was like instead of board game it's a it's a it's a video game that was okay. My pick is going to come from the very very first video game inspired movies there was the wizard which was in 1989 the whole film is an is basically a promotional tool for the upcoming game super mario brothers 3 and the selling of the power glove those are the most significant elements about the movie it was a promotional movie and i honestly i think it's uh, uh, you know only worth watching for nostalgia reasons another one that i watched that i thought was quite charming and a bit of a ripoff was The Last Starfighter from 1984. Got great visual effects. For its time. For its time. It was revolutionary for its time. (laughs) Come on, Alex! They're here! Alex Rogan had a dream. You really are leaving here, aren't you? To be as far away from here as possible. You get your chance when it comes you got to grab it with both hands. It started with a game. You're going to bust the record. But it wasn't just any game. You have been recruited by the Star League to defend the frontier against Sur and the Kodan Armada. And then one night... Centauri's the name. We have to talk about a matter of utmost importance. Step into my office. The guys who made the special effects for the last Starfighter Fighter were inventing things. They were they were inventing the wheel, like you know, for the things they were laying the path for things to come. That's a film in which you know we had a kid who works in a, who lives in a trailer park. His only pastime is playing this video game called The Last Starfighter, Fighter, and it turns out it's kind of like a King Arthur's quest, where that game itself is the sword in the stone. And when he gets a high score, this spaceman comes down and says, "You." 
you, you we want to recruit you for the Starfighter League. And it's it's kind of a Spielberg knockoff directed by Nick Castle. It's it's ultimately actually quite charming. Who played Michael Myers in Halloween? Oh my god. I was saying to myself, why is Nick Castle so familiar? Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Oh my god, it all comes back to Halloween, man. It always comes back to Halloween. <laughs> It does when I'm on, Mike. My pick is a real nostalgia pick. And it probably is the first video game movie or a game to be inspired by video games. And it's from Tron. Trapped inside an electronic arena where love... ...and escape do not compute. The journey begins across an electronic sea on cycles made of light. Of course it's Tron. Tron came out in 1982. It's, uh, it was directed by Steven Lisberger, uh, who was an animator. It had revolutionary visual effects, but the, the effects they used to try to create those light suits were... It was all hand-drawn and, you know, using animation, traditional stuff. But it also had revolutionary CG effects, right? They made a very interesting, stylistically very compelling sequel in 2010, but maybe uh, narratively not as interesting. Tron itself has a lot of big ideas going on. Now, the film overall probably is a little bit too dry and maybe takes itself a little bit too seriously for most of it. But my God, it's it's fucking cool to look at. And it's got Jeff Bridges, who's great. So when did you see it? Oh, I saw it back in the 80s. I think it was like when it was it was on video. So I saw it way back in the day and it blew me away when I saw it back in the day. The scene from that that I really like is the light cycle scene because I was talking about, you know, how video game adaptations usually are kind of shitty, right? And when the when the movie Tron opens up, we actually see someone in an arcade playing a game an arcade console called the light cycle and all it is is just two lines zigzagging across the screen kind of like two player snake almost right but the camera goes through the computer arcade and it goes into the world where we see that these light cycles are piloted by like these programs like with human avatars and it's absolutely class and this and what i loved about it is that that movie did what i was imagining in my head as a kid I was imagining what and what these little pixels must be like what what they actually kind of what they were representing and I think this movie does an incredible job of fulfilling the imagination of young kids who are playing those like really low res like 8-bit video games back in the day so I think it's a it's an interesting and fun little film it's not a, an amazing film but uh, it's a charming one for me Here we go. 
light side. <laughs> Tron, that's a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> to, for our final season, no, honestly, for a topic, for a topic that really this had was a, a rough one. Yeah, it's it was like a disaster. D- this topic was a disasters a disasters episode because we needed more Gloria Swanson. Yeah, yeah, there really <laughs> weren't that many good movies to pick from, and I watched several. I and I abandoned several to be honest with you, but. It doesn't matter, because you know what that means? It's the end of the episode, Kevin, and the end of this season. It is. We can go under summer holidays. Well, wouldn't say that. Oh. Uh, It's the end of season three, but we're not going away, because we've got season 3.5. What? We're going to do something slightly different. We're going to do our second rate show. Oh, my God. That's the title of it. Yeah. You'll remember, you'll remember when we went on hiatus at the end yeah. of season one, we did a, a mini series of audio commentaries. Mm-hmm. And what we're going to do instead this summer is, we're, well, I'm not going to give it away, but you'll find it next week. But in order for us to be able to do the episode next week, we will need to spin the wheel, Will. Oh. But this is not the scene wheel. This right. is a different wheel. And all will be revealed next week am I not am I not even allowed to say what type of things are on the wheel or what things I see written on the wheel it is years for every year that we've been born there is a a slot on the wheel and we're going to spin it and we're going to get a year and that year is going to direct us for the episode but it's called the best bits second rate show and that title is a pun but will end of the season it's flown by it's also dragged by i'm really sorry that you had to i'm really sorry that you had to edit this episode i bet it was a bastard it was a bastard to research and it's been a bastard to edit i'm already saying that right now but you we we, look this is what happens in the season sometimes you get dreams sometimes you get the episode that is just a dream and sometimes you get an episode that is just a tough topic and this was a tough topic but i was glad i filled in a, a few gaps and overall in the season i'm so glad we had such a nice season so many good topics and so many great episodes including my favorite episode ever which was best i love you scene i absolutely adore that episode fantastic work kevin fantastic work made me cry oh thank you will my and favorite episode was the live show because i didn't have to do anything <laughs> <laughs> No, I did a ton for that episode, actually. What did, am I saying? You, um, you did loads. <laughs> you did loads, Kevin. Kevin, I think we should we should say ta-ta and I'm... Before you do that, before you do that, I just what? want to say we're also on Patreon. We've got loads of extra episodes on there. Uh, sign up for the price of a pint. You can get at least 30 extra episodes and we'd love to hear from you on Discord as well, which is our own little chat server where we talk to all our patrons. But um, get involved, jump in, and we'll send you a free badge. Yeah, so, Discord is hopping, absolutely hopping. It it's is. Great it's great crack. It is. All right, spin the wheel. Spinning the wheel. Happy summer holidays. And spin. You said it, it goes. You said it goes for as long 
it has the same number of years as that we were alive. So why does this go back to 1952? How old are you, Kevin? <laughs> I'm younger than you. So why does why, why does it go back to 1952? You, you tell I'm me. The, I'm the senior party. That's right. Golly gee. You are. Goodbye, everyone. Love you. The Best Bits Podcast is produced by Will and Kevin. All audio clips and music heard in this episode is the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. If you have any notes, comments, scene suggestions, or just want to get in touch with us, email us at bestbitspodcast at gmail.com. And here is a clip from the lad's latest mini bits bonus show. The full episode, plus 100 more, are available on their Patreon. Many bits. Another new episode. Of this Patreon podcast. Exclusive. The best bits podcast will be like Bonus content for you. Kevin, how are you? Hi, honey. How are you? Oh, you know, I've got this. I've got my corns sorted out. I went to the Chiroptus the other day and uh, she Your said... corn? Uh, my corns. Did you, ever get, did you ever get corns? No. Did you know what a corn is? Yeah, it's a bunion on your foot, isn't it? Yeah, like in between your toes and stuff like that. Do you, do you not wear any shoes like around the house you walk no, barefoot? No, I, I, I wear... No, it's the opposite. GA shorts. It's the opposite. I wear incredibly tight shoes. Like those Chinese women oh. who get their feet bound, who had their feet bound, like, you know, before the turn of this yeah. last century. And so they had incredible corns and bunions. This is a great opener for a mini bits episode where we get people disgusted. Squally, it's episode 73 of the mini bits. <laughs> I'm Kevin, your Will. This is yeah. our Patreon podcast. Thank you to all our lovely patrons. Yeah. A few of you have jumped in recently. I don't know what we said. We try to goad people into joining up every single episode and then every so often it's like a lot of people join because of one specific episode and yeah. I'm like what did we how did we say it what did we say on that episode that's different <laughs> to the other 270 episodes maybe it didn't sound as desperate maybe we said don't join maybe reverse psychology that's how we should do it reverse psychology don't join up to our patron don't it's <laughs> You don't des- Everybody cancel. You don't deserve to be in this group. We don't want you. We don't we like don't the look need of you. you. We don't. We don't need anybody. <laughs> it's just us. It's absolutely just us. Hey, should we tell people we we did? I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't say it on mic, especially so early. We did an interview with the Irish Examiner last Friday. We did. Yeah. And uh, how do you think yeah. I? How do you think I did? I, I I think you did all right. Like you didn't interrupt me once. So I was <laughs> delighted with how I came across. But, you know, there's no sort of time limit on this. We don't know when it's going to get posted. One of our friends was saying, Kathy at the cinema was saying that their interview with, did they do the examiner as well? It was six uh, months yeah. before it posted. And, and the Guardian, I'm pretty sure. They were, they were profiled in the Gar- Guardian as well. Yeah. But we don't do any really promotion. Like nah. we don't do anything. 
Well, this is our first time getting any sort of like proper coverage, which is going to be mad. So um, uh, listen to all you listeners who have uh, found us before we explode. You're, 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 you're an OG. Bust. You're an OG <laughs> listener before Kevin starts getting gold chains from all his Patreon dash. I think I'm more of a silver than a gold. I think oh, yeah. my uh, undertones suit more silver. But, uh, yeah. I just want to die. Those I, are my Prince Albert. Uh, <laughs> your hat? <laughs> yeah. I Speaking want one of, of the, which. I want one of those diamond studs in my tooth. That's all I want. So I can go bing whenever I'm on a call. Oh, uh, yeah. Bing. I usually just, you know, wink and like glitch. Yeah. Like a starlight twinkle. <laughs> Speaking of which, I interrupted you. What, what, we, what, did, what did you want to speak of? Which? Start the timer. Oh, I forgot. You may as well. Start the timer. They, all, all these lucky losers are listening in and, and they're wondering, what are we going to be talking about? But we have to start talking about them after Yeah, we, we say goodbye. But look, I wanted to talk to you about, um, well, you've seen a few things. You've seen the new Godzilla film. Yes. I've seen the first Omen. Uh, I saw Scoop as well. Oh, uh, we're looking forward to watching that. Okay. Okay. I'll save my thoughts. And um, what else did I see? I made notes, but sure. It doesn't really matter. I think I saw it. And I was going to go through all the summer releases and see what takes your fancy. Okay. Okay. I'm looking forward because I don't actually know what's what's on the horizon. So um, I'm Well, the Joker 2 trailer came out today. I saw it. Yes. I watched that. Mm hmm. It reminded me of Chicago. Yeah, it's kind of like you see it's all very much in the mind's eye. It, they're calling it a jukebox musical. Am I right in saying that? I think you're right in saying that. So, look, hey, listen. Uh, I, I actually, what it, what it did remind me of <laughs> was that I want to watch, rewatch The Joker because I saw it in the cinema and I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. It was a kind of a bold new direction. Uh, I'm just going to go back and watch the episodes from the Batman 66 show. The Joker episodes. Oh yeah, that's going to be just to fill me in, like on the lore, get up to speed, get you right up to speed. (laughs) (laughs) And you'll be there going, where, where are all the guys in the purple suits with the masks? Where, when are they going to show up? And like, it's a little weird time though, where we have the Penguin TV show with Colin Farrell coming out, which is a totally different canon version of the Penguin. Then you have this offshoot of Joker, which isn't. Its own universe entirely. Mm. And then you have the old Batman films that you can watch. Right. And, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's just, I don't know. I'm kind There's of so many IP. But like, this just everywhere. What, well, what's happened is the world, the comic book world, has very much entered the, the film world. It's where you could have different runs, totally different runs of a character by it's different insane. authors. And there would be totally different riffs on it and stuff. Oh, oh this is insane. the thing. Kevin, so I'm only catching up on this. You mentioned it to me on a on a pod, on a podcast. Wait, was it on one of those? Uh, it was the last. Show? It was the last mini bits. Yeah, uh, you think. you said everyone's describing stuff as insane recently. And have you started noticing it though? Only, only, only with people trying to raise you. That's the only type, only where place where I've noticed people. No, people on Discord are trying to every, raise you. Oh my god! Oh my god! I could start posting though, like, um, tweets, comments, TikToks. Uh, articles, anything. Insane is everywhere. This is insane. That's insane. It's insane. There was a festival just going on about this insane lineup. I was okay. like, oh, it's a mentally ill lineup. Okay. <laughs> it's just, it's it's everywhere. And the other thing, do you know the other thing that's also bothering me lately? 
Wow. And this has been bothering me for years and years and years. It used to be that everyone used to misspell definitely. They'd go defiantly. Okay. Oh, it's defiantly, whatever. They were just, they were morons. But no, I just keep noticing everyone keeps spelling a lot as one word. A-L-O-T, a lot. Where has, where have they gotten into their heads that a lot is one word? It's the same way that people will write every time as one word. What's the one that you've, you've pulled me up on a few times and I can't get it right? Compliment. Compliment. I can't, <laughs> but I can't get it right. It's like the you I. because I told you the other day. Yeah, and I went searching for it and I couldn't find it because I had to actually had to an, use it. If there's an I in compliment, it's yeah. I'm paying you oh, a compliment. That's a good way to remember it. Okay, good. And then compliment. I, I wrote that to you. But you did. And I went to try and find it because I was I found myself writing the word compliments. And I went, shit, Kevin. But, I, but you, you gave me a thumbs up, which meant in my world that, yeah, I read that. Thanks. But I did, right? I'm talking about a couple of days later when I was faced with the exact same hurdle of writing the word compliment, I went, okay, what did Kevin say again about compliment? There's an I and the E. What did he say? So I went searching for it and I found it, I think. And I went, oh, the I is paying me a compliment or I'm giving you a compliment. It's insane how little you can retain information. It's insane. (laughs) Come here, let's start talking about what we watched. Come on. Did you start the timer? Yeah, it's it's gone. It's ticking. It's ticking down. The world's going oh, to explode. You know, I have to put in the sound effect. I have to. I have to line oh. up all my sound effects. When you said start I the timer, like, I have a whole it's... fucking. I have a whole soundboard. Here. Ah. Okay. Jesus Christ! Where's my fucking? What? Where's my ding dang ding? Here we go. The timer has started. There we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Okay.